You need it. You got it. The State of Combat with Brian Campbell returns on CBS Sports. And it's back with a bang. Left, right, good night. All the box you need. All the box you want. The Brian Campbell without question. The voice that you hear. Bringing it back Boxeo style. Thought we were going to have one of those shows where we roll out the balls and see what happens. But the box never stops. Big time breaking news. We're going to open up that box in a second here. A reminder, I already know you love the show, so why don't you do us a favor and spread that love forward. Push it forward. Take it to the forefront, all right? Pour some water where it matters. Come on, let me let me put some water on your balls. We're talking about that five-star review, Apple Podcast. Let the people know that this is the show, the box that you need in your life. And I only need one man in my life. Like Nas, I only need one man, right? Or was that Yusuf Mac? Actually, he needed many men, many. My co-host is an internationally renowned uh, author, TV sensation. He's a national New York Times bestseller, or maybe not national, New York Times bestselling author, my friend and yours, the Candy Licker. Let me lick you up. Let me lick you you down. Gypsy King, turn boxing upside down. Oh, baby, Rafe Bartholomew. Rafe. on. How is it, bro? I know you want to talk about Tyson Fury. I know you do, but pause that. Shout out, Brian. Come on. Do we have, can we just go straight into it? Do we have to go right there? I mean, there's, there's a bigger topic orbiting over our heads, but do we have to go right into the, I mean, change, what, what can you pop? Oh, wait, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know you want to shout out to the Gypsy Crew. I know you want to do all that. I mean, baby, I just don't get it. Um, first of all, how are you, Rafe? I just returned from the damn left coast. We got to hang. You doing okay? Everything good? Doing real well, man. How I, you know? I'm a little curious how the rest of your trip was. You know, I took you on the Fresno, the glamorous leg of your California trip with stops in McFarland and all the places of coming to when they moved to the West Coast. But the rest of the time, you spent living it up in Beverly Hills with them bums out there. How did it go? And you got to see up close and personal this weekend a couple other fighters who are on the tips of people's minds or the tips of their tongues, whatever you want to call it. Wow. Well, first of all, just the tip, though, just for a second, just to see how that felt. I will certainly get into all of that. I was knee deep in PBC this week. A lot of face to face episodes coming up on Fox and FS1, hanging out with Spence and Garcia. I had a good run in LA. Ten days. Very good, very profitable run. Happy to have that happen. But Rafe, I'm even gonna shelf that topic, alright? You know I love your data, but I'm gonna shelf that topic as well. We tried an experiment last week, Rafe. This was a akin and I don't mean um, Akin Reyes of uh, Akin Barak fame. I mean, this was akin to Prohibition more than 100 years ago, Rafe, or maybe exactly 100 years ago. Your choice on that. Uh, we tried to do a full-on damn show without Dwyer. We tried to take a habit, a problem in our lives, and just act like it wasn't there and go cold turkey to try to appease one or two fans on Twitter because that's how we get down, Rafe. We're woke to our own errors, our own personal missteps, our own issues in life, and we said, look, if this is becoming a problem, let's try it without it. Let's go 
Dwyer free. All right. You want Crystal Pepsi? You want caffeine free? State of combat? Dwyer free? You got it. We tried it. We taste it. We spoke it. We received it. I don't want to believe it, Rafe. If loving Dwyer is wrong, I don't want to be right, Rafe. Hi, it's Dwyer. Rafe. Yes. This show needs some Richard Dwyer. You're damn right it does. And look, it's all about the middle way, Brian. It's all about finding balance in life. There's no life without Dwyer is not life at all. But yes, too much of anything bad for you. You could, I remember with, had health class with, we were talking, we were learning about drugs, doing too much drugs in like ninth grade or something. My boy Dana Rodriguez sitting next to me, he's like, but you could, too many meatballs could kill you too. And I was like, you know, he's right. Too much of anything could be a bad thing. But you know what? We do need some Dwyer. I need me some Dwyer. I, I watch it on my own, but it's not fair to for us to keep it from the listeners. I just, we need it. The show needs, the people have spoken. They said if if, if State of Combat is a service that does not include Dwyer, in this household, this is no longer a service I want to have. And Rafe, I can't disagree with them. I think we're getting closer to meet our hero, though. I think we're getting closer to make that phone call to the left coast, north of Cali, come to the Mecca. We, we may need to come to the throne of Dwyer and speak to the man. The Mountain View Summit, a beer summit with Dwyer? Yeah, that's the thing. If we're going to do this, we have to do it in person, Rafe. Maybe maybe at the Hooters in Campbell, California. Is that well, named after you? That seems – you know, he does seem to respect and understand when he finds a, a, a nice place to watch a fight. He – you know, I mean, you know what AJ said. Everybody's got to eat, baby. Everybody's got to eat, baby. So when you find a good place, Rafe, to watch a fight, to have good service, to have good food, you want to promote that place. I was sitting there watching it. At a bar, right? Let me pub the bar here. Hooters, Campbell, California. Great spot to see uh, Canelo fights. So I'm at Hooters, and you know the rest. <laughs> you know, oh, the, you know rest. the rest. You know the rest, You Ray. know the rest. Shout out to the Hooters in Campbell, California. That's the rest of the story, baby. Wow, wow. Bang, 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 bang. Bang. Yes, bang, bang. All right, Rafe. Uh, so just so the people know, you predicted the overcorrection of the century. I don't know if we're going to go that far, but you, this, Dwyer's back. All right, buddy? Dwyer is back. Get ready. Don't be a blank. This is, you know, this is, you know. I think that's magic. Yes, our collaboration, Rafe, is something, you know. Revisit their collaboration. Yes, it's magic when we get together with Richard Dwyer. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. But I can't bury the lead any longer, Rafe. Breaking news this morning, Monday morning, into the State of Combat newsroom. We're going to have to get knee deep in Uncle Bob T. 
taking that that stick, that just sticking it to everybody in this heavyweight division. We don't believe in contracts. Hey, Bob, you just broke uh, a contract. Big news, curveball, left field, lineal heavyweight champion Tyson Fury, who we thought was in negotiations for that Deontay Wilder rematch this May. Everybody breaking new rumors and news. We thought it was going to be announced today, Rafe. No. Press conference in Great Britain earlier this morning. Tyson Fury and Frank Warren of Queensberry Promotions sign a multi-year co-promotional deal with Bob Arum's top rank and ESPN to be the exclusive U.S. home of the Gypsy King moving forward. Rafe, what the hell just happened? Ba 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 father happened. You know what? We might hello grandpa. Hello. hello. I enjoyed your podcast uh with hello, uh grandpa. the Mr. Bill Simmons. Hello. 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 Hello grandpa. Hello boxing fans. Bob Father, he, that, that, if that is not living up to the name, the Bob Father, I don't know. I mean, 87 years old, shouts to Bob and Todd, top rank. What a coup, man. This isn't, this is, I mean, a lot of fans are pissed off right now because you can see the writing on probably means these big three heavyweights are farther now from facing each other than we thought they were. And it was already a pain in boxing fans asses, but as a, Casual observer, as someone who enjoys the theater of the business of boxing and all the back and forth and the speculating on what's going to happen next, this is about as great a curveball as any. I mean, I I didn't see this coming. You know, I, I, it, it's some it's some crazy stuff. And by the way, I think I think Bob may have heard Adrian Broner in the car calling Al Heyman the goat, and he may have something to say about that. Wow. Some people, many people may now think that the Bob father is the goat. Benny, he's walking around here like he is the B-E-S-T. Al Heyman, the goat. Well, uh, here's the thing. What Bob is officially saying by signing top, by uh, signing Fury here is, hey, Uncle Al, you want that Fury Wilder rematch? Uh, call me. It's going to cost you. We got problems. We got issues now because you said this was a great curveball. I don't know if the end game is great for fans, but this is one hell, hell of a curveball. You got to talk to Mr. Cancer. He's going to have to talk to him soon. Um, here's what this really is. Here's what this comes down to. Okay. Let's, let's get down to it. We got jokes all the time. All right. We, yeah, we got jokes. Um, Bob said, Hey, Tyson, uh, one day. After uh, the thrill in Manila, I went to the Philippine Grand Garden Hotel. We had an orgy for two days. Never screwed so many women in my life. He's basically saying, uh, come to me and this could be your life. I mean, this could be what it is. So it comes down to this. We looked at Tyson Fury as almost a Robin Hood-esque figure in this heavyweight picture. He slid into the DMs of the Wilder Joshua negotiations that were failing last fall. And he made this super fight out of nowhere. And I say Robin Hood because he was this returning figure who didn't have an exclusive U.S. TV deal. So ultimately what it meant for us was he could just sign in there and potentially fight anybody. He could fight Wilder right now. He could go in the zone, a service I have, and fight uh, potentially Anthony Joshua. But now what we end up finding out instead is that Tyson Fury got to eat too. Everybody got to eat. And Tyson Fury's not immune to cashing in. 
and splintering this heavyweight division television picture to make sure that he gets paid. And while you certainly can't blame him for that, Rafe, this is a wet blanket on our heavyweight renaissance hopes. It has to be because this has to make the idea of Wilder Fury 2 not just in May but in 2019 an issue now, a big issue. Yeah, it is. And we we thought I, I kind of had a feeling something was going on, right? And because the Wilder Fury 2 negotiations just kept drawing out and out and out. And also, if you go all the way back to last December when we were coming right off the fight, just high off of the energy and, and thinking about what was coming next, a lot of people, including ourselves, mentioned that – Tyson Fury had a lot of leverage coming out of that position, especially in a way because the draw in which most people thought he won the fight, that draw left his options open. The rematch clause doesn't kick in, so he's not obligated to do anything. He could go and shop around for the, the highest bidder. So it was a little surprising when it didn't, it didn't seem like he was trying to use that leverage that much at the beginning and was just going to roll back into that rematch, which would be, which would have been great for fans, but it did not seem like the savvy boxing move. But like the canny old, you know, he's got all the, he's got all the tricks and, and is not afraid to pull the rug out and just flip the script the same way he did to get into that fight with Wilder when no one thought he would be ready for that sort of challenge. Here he goes again, flipping it in the other direction, being like, all right, I risked it. I bet on myself. I performed and showed that I belong in that uh, on the same level as these guys in terms of as much as he can get leverage and reputation wise, still fighting like a lineal champion and said, now I'm going to go get a, a big name promoter to get my back and make the most money out of this opportunity. You can't really, I, I don't blame him for that. I'm, I, I get it that the fights we want to see now feel like they probably are another whole year away. Anything in the triumvirate of Wilder, Fury, and AJ, Anthony, Josh, yes, Anthony, yeah. Joshua. What, and, and by the way, we, we didn't even talk about AJ's fight with Big Baby Miller, long rumored now being official for June. If, you know what's scary now? We spent most of last week crapping on AJ Miller. That might be the best heavyweight fight among those three top heavyweights oh, in no. in this Don't say spring. That. If, if look, I mean, who's we we know boobs Brazil is on deck. Uh, Dillian White might be our, yeah. our best hope if they if they anyway. That don't, was, don't, let's no, stick don't on spoil Tyson it Fury. Let's, let's stay on the timeline here. This we'll, is the news. Um, we'll get are into, you are, are you disappointed, Brian? I'm I'm just too. I, I it's too crazy. I. I like it. I don't care. I, I, I just – this storyline, I like it. Um, as a fan, I'm very disappointed. Obviously, we know what Fury's doing. And by the way, shout out to him for not getting fat over the holidays like a lot of us did. He fought December 1st. He looks even thinner now and in better shape and looks to be in a good place. But look, this this delays. This delays – this is a heavyweight renaissance because we have people that matter that assumed – we assumed they were willing to fight each other and they could make fun fights – Wilder Fury was so much fun. We thought we were getting a rematch. We thought if Fury could win that, he might go right into a Joshua fight. We thought things that in the end weren't realistic because boxing's a business. And the reality is that if Fury's back and mentally and physically he can stay on task, he's only 30. Dude, that's still like infant level 
for heavyweight boxing. Like, it's still, like, that's the, the reality of what it is now. So he wants to make that money, as Dwyer would say. Make that money, player. And he's going to make... Right. Yeah, yeah, all right, Dwyer. And he's going right. to make that money. But here are some of the specifics of the deal of what we know. Frank Warren said Deontay Wilder's team did not know about this until the announcement today. So, surprise, Ryan Garcia, you are the father, okay? So that's a big curveball right there. And number two, Warren says it's a minimum two fights a year. It's They're going to want to do three this year with the first one in May. So look, Rafe, even with the purse bid that has been delayed twice now because it appeared the fight was so close to happening that even WBC Mauricio Suleiman was like, okay, make it, you know, we'll give you a chance, make it happen. I don't see how you could think this happens, meaning Wilder Fury 2 in 2019. Here's the deal about the purse bid, right? If you're Fury, two things could happen here. One, you're the lineal champion, but you don't have a tangible belt at stake here in a Wilder rematch. So pulling out of these negotiations in this purse bid altogether really doesn't matter. You're not going to lose anything. You're only going to make money going fighting other people on ESPN and really push your brand out there full force. Number two, how crazy is Grandpa here? And I ask it like this. He was... Crazy enough at 87 to still have more tricks up the sleeve and slide right into the middle of this mess and make and make sure that he's pushing his own agenda to make ESPN the number one platform in all of boxing. But is he crazy enough? Because consider this. In this alphabet world of boxing, which it sucks, alphabets are always an issue, WBA is ridiculous. The purse bid scenario, though, is the old, is the great equalizer. That's how we got Lomachenko on Showtime to fight Gary Russell in a fight that we wanted and needed to see that didn't didn't seem to make sense promotionally. Is Bob crazy enough to force Al and Wilder to go forward with this purse bid to put the pressure on Al that you either make Wilder give up the title if you don't want to risk losing control of, of the bout if you lose the purse bid? Or does Bob just say, F it, I got Disney money. I'm coming out with the largest possible bid in this blind purse bid no matter what. I will win this for ESPN pay-per-view. Al, you want to play chicken with me? Let's play chicken. Rafe, is that is there a possibility we could go there? Of course there's a possibility. I I hadn't really thought of it playing out that way. The way I honestly, and this is not as nearly as exciting as what you just laid out, Brian. What I imagined would the the next step would be is that both sides would sort of back off of the line of facing each other next. Someone would work it out with the WBC. The WBC will figure out some way to. Oh yeah, we we didn't really need to order that immediate rematch. Wilder can fight a few guys. Fury can fight a few guys. Uh, you know, eat a few pies, so to speak. You know, Shannon Shannon Briggs may have been right with that with that advice. To Tyson Fury, he, he just gave it a little too early. Now Tyson is going to take it. He's going to have a couple more of those pies well, he was before he goes back to that I'm big well. To this man like I'm talking to this man. Chip, you're going to need five to seven of those more pies, and he'll might get a chance to get it, Rafe. Um, Look, I just think Brian that Top Rank has these moldering heavyweights that are so-so but aren't really A-side type heavies. Kubrat Pulev, Oscar Rivas had the nice 12th round knockout on on Bryant Jennings a month ago or whatever, whenever it was. They have these guys. I think they're going to want to make some of those fights with Fury. Fury, he's being well compensated to feast on some pies. He's probably not going to mind that at this point. And while 
it stinks from the damn it we were gonna see some of these fights point of view it does man if if you are a believer at all in the process of marination these the the, the big fights are going to build in a big big way because everyone is going to be pushing towards them and calling for them there's the whole boxing world is going to get crazy blue balls waiting for one of these fights to happen I speak and believe and receive it. Speak and believe and receive it. Speak and believe and receive it. You're right. The, these fights can only get bigger. So here's the harsh reality here. And I say harsh somewhat. Um, is there still a chance that we could see Wilder Fury 2 this fall under a ESPN Showtime co-pay-per-view deal similar to Lennox Lewis, Mike Tyson in 2002, Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather in 2015, and to a smaller degree, Vladimir Klitschko, Anthony Joshua in 2017, although that was not a pay-per-view in the U.S. Uh, in theory, yes, but Rafe, the first Wilder Fury fight did $325,000, three, I'm sorry, 325,000 pay-per-view buys. So while that was a minor success financially for expectations, that's obviously not in the same financial ballpark anywhere close to Maypack or Tyson Lewis. Which did just shy of two million and Maypack obviously set the record. So it's probably unlikely right now that they go in that direction because even though AJ says everybody can eat, these two sides want to eat a lot more than that. So I think you're probably right. We probably do build toward a 2020 summit of some kind. You have that conspiracy theory that you subscribe to that Eddie Hearn might try to bounce out of that Daz own deal after two years, which would what be? June of 2020, because here's the deal. I want to see Wilder Joshua as much as anybody, but I'd actually rather see Fury Joshua unbeaten versus unbeaten in front of 80,001 fans at Wembley Stadium to set a new record with Alex Godinez of Sacramento, not L.A., potentially as that one fan to walk through the turnstile and break that record. I kind of want to see that more. So uh if we slow play this whole jam and we get an epic confrontation like that, a year of marinating, even though I hate, hate the idea, Rave, hate it, hated it, uh, yeah, it could make it insanely giant. But I don't want to believe that Hearn's pulling out of DAZN. I mean, not really, I, I don't really care. I mean, the only connection I have to DAZN these days is... And I'm a DAZN subscriber. I like me some DAZN. I cash some DAZN checks. I don't know if that scenario is going to play out, Rafe. But, yeah, if you have any plans for a super fight at heavyweight this year, it's probably not going to happen. Kubrat Pulev, line one. Possibly Oscar Rivas that you said. Maybe an ESPN Plus pie for Tyson. Either way, he's going to move product for ESPN. Great news for them. Great news for Bob. For us, we're going to have to pump it a few times. He pumps it more than once. Yeah, you're going to – I'm sorry. The rhythm method's back for you, Rave. Rhythm <laughs> well, is a dancer, no. all right? Look, as the weekend has taught us, not everybody – not every, not all fighters in the world understand the rhythm method, understand withdrawal, family whoa, planning, whoa, these whoa, kind whoa, of things. Whoa, 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 And then I take advantage, and then when I shoot my shot, it, I shoot – no, 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 you know, no, 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 for the kill. I know, no, no. I'm, I'm uh, look. Sorry, sorry about that. Brian, drop, right? in sorry. the in the universe, in the fury, in the fury verse, right? Is this cons- could you consider this a jacking? Did he jack? Well, f- let's come on. So you, that's a bold ass call, considering the family creed. I'll never fuck. I won't jack. I'll be there till I can't breathe. But yeah, he jacked. 
He jack. Let, wait, let's let's bring in uh, noted uh, journalist uh, Skip Bayless. They're just jacking it from everywhere. Yeah, he jacked Rafe. He he. Shout out to the Irish crew. Your boy, your boy. You know the you know. I can lay awake just to see you While he's laying awake, he's jacking Rafe. <laughs> Is he also kissing another fighter on the mouth while laying awake and jacking? I do stuff that people don't do in boxing. When have you ever seen two men face to face before they fight and the other man kiss him on the lips? It's true. I mean, there's there's some truth in that, Rafe. Um, is the, I mean, look, Fury Pulev, it doesn't suck. But is that next or is that what we build to on ESPN this year? Probably build to because Pulev is booked for March 23rd. <coughs> against who? Against who? Against who, Rafe? Against who? Oh, so, uh, the great Bogdan Dinu, I believe. Uh, uh, now, I would not complain if they jack that fight all the way into the trash bin <laughs> and make Pulev Fury. That's a decent fight. Re- I, I think it's more likely Kubrat keeps that date because he probably doesn't want to lose in his first. I mean, he would not be favored against Tyson Fury. And he probably does not want to catch an L in his, the first fight of his top rank deal. So I'm guessing they get, they call up, uh, Yvon Michel in Montreal and say, Yvon, get your boy, Revis, Oscar Revis, bring him down here and let him fight. The Gypsy King will all make. Revis is, uh, you know, five foot 11 and he was giving up a little bit of height, but he'll get a smooch and get outboxed and, and lose on the cards and we can move on from there. That's, that, 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 that's the most, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Of course, there are other options out there too. I mean, shoot, we could see Surf and Safari. You, no, I would, I don't no. put anything past anybody. No. I don't. I don't want to see that. I mean, come on, Rafe. Come on. Don't talk like that. Are we forgetting some uh, British options here? Now, we know that Dillian White is with Eddie. I-, I hear a lot of things that he's not happy with Eddie. What if Dillian White can break free and come to Frank? I mean, that's that's a fun fight. Are we ever going to see uh, your boy David Price, if he doesn't get sent to Hill again, uh, ever get this chance? I'll fight David Price any day of the week. You see, you plumber from Liverpool, it's personal between me and I'm going to do you some serious harm, you big stiff idiot. All right, all right, Tyson, we're live, we're live, yeah, we're live. Uh, what about Tony Bellew coming out of retirement? I don't know that's an Eddie Hearn fighter, but that, you know, that'd be a service I would have. I guess David Hay, if he wanted to come back. I mean, are there washed Brits we can make fun fights with here, right? Does it have to just be Pulev or nothing? It doesn't have to be. Pulev is there with top rank. That's why it comes to mind. But sure, they're playing. I mean, I would obviously Usyk is with the zone, and he's looking to make. I mean, they talk, they're talking about Usyk Povetkin. Oh, that's gonna, yeah. that's looking like it could end up being the best heavyweight fight of the first half of this year. Oh yeah, mama finger, papa finger, eh, so, hey, so good. good, big, big steak. Oh, I I I stick every day. I stick every um, day. But let's who yeah there's there are more decent heavyweights to make fights with I mean Kaunat hey maybe this means Kaunatsky gets his shot at Wilder a little bit sooner there are well, weird the sloppy events that could happen there are enough fun fights to string this along somewhat respectably without totally taking a crap on the na- good name of boxing so that's a fair point for, you for maybe a year Kaunatsky. year and a half that's Adam Konaki he looks slow. He looks out of shape. Both are wrong. Wow, wow, Dwyer. So look, if, 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 Dwyer, if Wilder's 2019, 
is Boobs Brazil and Adam Konachki? Like, it's not ideal, but it's it's entertaining. You put those suckers on Fox. I mean, that's that's that's. Those are not twelve round fights, Brian. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna get a. a... If I catch you with those. You're gonna get two lullaby songs in that. We also might get a, a, at least a, a warning to, uh, you know, if I only had quick wilder, buttons. yeah, yeah. If I see, wanted it to happen. I'm predictable. I'm very predictable on that. Uh, yeah, you're getting beat by a man with things. Also, we'd probably hear this. Hey, that black guy, he hits hard. Because that is very, very true. No, 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 no. no. Come on, come on, come on. Let's. All right. Um. Yeah. So that's that. Then who does? AJ fight this year. I mean, we know that, uh, you're gonna fight the, the damn baby. Who does he fight next? I mean, I guess Dillian White. I guess probably Dillian White, right? In the fall? That would be, yeah, he'll be around. Der- Derek Chisora. Oh, we got Joseph Parker out there. Joseph Parker might show up on ESPN. Who knows? Well, get, get, call up Duco. No. Bang it with a roll of quarters. Come on. No, I mean, I, I, as much as I like Dean Lonegren back in my life. He should just harden up. Like seriously, bang it full of quarters and get on with it. I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I need that. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, so wow. Wild, wild, wild. Erdovich just signed with Matchroom. They got, we got guys, no, man. We got guys. No. Many guys. How many, how many, how, like how many of these guys, like, have you seen though? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Uh, <laughs> many guys. Wow. Okay. Many guys. Yeah. Many guys. Yeah. Look subpar. Nice. Against Floyd Mayweather. That's also true. You know who the only guy who could beat Floyd? There is a fighter who could beat Floyd Mayweather. It's younger Floyd Mayweather. Can't argue with that, Rafe. But, uh, you know, I mean, I've seen many guys. I don't see many guys, though, that can beat in 2019 the triumvirate of heavyweights that we're talking about. So I think we enter 2020 with the vision of still unbeaten AJ, still unbeaten speak it, receive it, believe it Wilder, and still unbeaten Shout out to the Irish crew. So it's a status quo year, but maybe we marinate. Maybe we build. Maybe we build to the most amazing 2020 that you ever imagined, Rafe, the same year that you published your first boxing book. Maybe? No? That may happen. You never say never. There's a lot of money in boxing books. Ask all the people who've written them. What about if you and um, Thomas Hauser align on a uh, Layla Ali biography due to your love for women's boxing? What about that? I could see some some real market potential in that. All right, all right. Fury's not a good heavyweight. He's not even a very good heavyweight. He's a historical heavyweight. Rafe, he's Greg Maddox. We already know that. But um, who's going to exit 2019 as the sort of pound-for-pound best heavyweight? Is anything going to change this year? Look, I think that... Anthony Joshua will re- until until we see something to tell us otherwise is going to remain the top ranked heavyweight and pretty deservedly so I think there is a good argument for the think that Tyson Fury has a chance to outbox Joshua but still if you look at the fighters and, and this is a, this is a little bit of spin it was a graphic that either DAZN or Matchroom made showing just like the the competition that these fighters have faced. And while we believe that Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury are really, 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 really good heavyweights for this moment, and they are, they ha- they, they still have a lot of, they've fought a lot of pies. They have a lot of against who's. Yeah. Until recent, until fight, I mean, fighting each other 
made them – plus their one other good wins, right? Wilder beat Ortiz. Fury beat Klitschko. Huge wins. But that's it. They're, that's their entire careers. Those That's their entire careers summed up. You got to look right at the there. whole picture in these type of debates. Let's look at the entire man. Like all parts of the man when you're when you're really looking. You at want to take it? That's a tall drink of water in Tyson Fury's case, but you know it can be nice to look at. Uh, AJ, he, he has not gotten besides the Klitschko fight, he hasn't fought anyone who really you know sets our loins on fire. But he's had much stiffer competition. He's fought former champions. He's fought former championship contenders. He's fought other Olympic guys like Povetkin, guys who are serious heavyweights, if not. You know, if they never quite reached that top level. And he's going to have the better resume going forward until these guys fight, face each other. And I hope, I do hope it's soon. I'm not going to hold my breath. Let me just look. The way things are shaking out, it is sad to say. Would you count on Wilder and Fury having a better fight in the first half of 2019 than AJ Miller? Better fight? Looking better? More fun? More business? What are you talking about? I mean, I mean a better opponent, a, 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 a fight that improves their standing as uh, – fight a tougher guy than Big Baby basically. Hey, well, no, no. I mean I was going to say let's bring in uh, Spence to define that. Name me a top guy you fought that's better than Chris Isaiah. Name, name me a top guy any one of them could fight this year that's better than, than Big Baby Miller. No, probably not. No, I mean look. I wish I had the Dwyer drop a Kubrat Pulev. Is, is, is a tough-ass out. He That might be the toughest fight the, the three of them face this year. He's a tough-ass out, Rafe. He's a fairly tough out. We'll see. All right. I mean, he doesn't have killing power, but he's a tough-ass out. So, you know, if you're not familiar with him. If you don't know who he is, look him up. All right. All right. Yeah. Hey, well, that's that, Rafe. We're gonna, let's put that, put that to bed, okay? Pop it a few <sighs> times. I could pump it a couple more times if we need to. All right, all right. Um, man, it just doesn't it feel good to have Dwyer back. I just want to press like every button in a row. I just want to be like, pause. Here's the Dwyer portion of the show. No, wait, that's the entire show. It's just good to. I mean, he just says things that people don't normally say. That kid think that Daddy has some pot coin because Daddy endorses the use of marijuana. I mean, he'll talk about daddy like that. You know, I love your, hey, Richard, I love your daddy, but like that's, that's. He endorses the use of marijuana. I mean, he'll talk about anything. Let's talk math. Let's talk boxing. But first remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. CBSSports.com, free site, right? The service that I have. Eater.com, free site. I mean, that's. The service that I have. These are all truth, true statements and truths. Uh, Rafe, we should get into, um, you, that's it for heavyweights. Are you, you done? Oh, uh, I think so. Billy Joe Saunders in the same Fury news conference with Warren announced he's moving up to 168 and he's going to fight some dude I never heard of for a, uh, super middleweight title. That, that movie at all? No? Yeah, it was a, a classic, Sa- classic Saunders. What can I say? He's, he's 
unearthed some names in the middleweight and super middleweight divisions that I've never seen before. And then after they look decent against bad versions of Billy Joe, they get to fight Demetrius Andrade. That's yeah. sort of the, the pattern. So I look forward to Shifat uh, Isusu or whatever his oh, name God. is. Another uh, a, a Serbian guy who has spent most of his career in Germany. So it always is a great sign for European middleweight contenders or super middles. Good guys. Just kill me. But, oh my God. With category 168. Uh, another pie. And staff the pies. <laughs> what? What's the story of that belt? Because you can't get made... naked in front of a woman looking like that. Uh, that's, that's true. That's true. But that's a pie what's for this, you. How did they get a WBO belt? I don't even want to for... research it. I mean, that press conference, uh, it had a lot going on, but I, I don't know. Now, the press conference had um, sex toys, anal beads, uh, religion, voodoo dolls, donkey talk. I had a bit of everything. So after all that, I, I can't be bothered to research why that belt is free. I mean, come on. It might be one of the 14 WBA belts. Was it? Is it? It's a WBO belt. Maybe, maybe, maybe Zerto. Maybe it's, he's, 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 uh, vacating as he moves up to 175. I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's rough. It's rough out there. Boxing is a rough, rough sport. Um, yeah. So hey, before we get into, uh, weekend review, can, uh, would you be interested in, in pausing for some Nepali culture by any chance? I'm always I, I'm always open to new things, you know. I, I like the flute or, or Nepali culture. Wow, yeah. Um, all right. So we saw some fights, Rafe. Some of them. We've picked correctly, some of them not so much. Let's talk about a fight that blew up in my face. Wow, 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 Rafe. You know? It happens to the best of us. Sometimes you, you know? get a little on you. It blew up on me. I got spanked. Let me wipe the egg <laughs> from my face. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on from that, Rafe. This past weekend, uh, hey, you know what? i got to make a statement here. All right, this is not an uh, ESPN-fueled or themed show, although we did just open with Uncle Bob crashing the party, making ESPN, uh, you know, a, a bigger player in this overall scene. I'm in on this ESPN boxing deal where I had been s- tentative for a little bit because we know that Bob's roster can only go so far. There's a lot of young names that will be the future on there. There's a lot of Teos, Mick Conlon, Shakur Stevenson-type names. When he signed this deal, we weren't sure there was enough week to week to keep us satiated. Shout out to Bob for bringing in people, though, like these Frank Warren British deals, like Sir G. I. Kovalev, if you will, if you get, if you get down like that. Sir G. I. Kovalev. Yes, thank you. Um, shout out, shout out to that. Ever since, ever since you and I took that trek to Fresno and really just soaked it up, right? Just, just took our, our Jose Ramirez bread and just dipped it in that Fresno Thunder and just ate it. Um, I'm, I'm willing to give this series not just more of a chance, but realize that like, this is fun. Friday night, this card from Hinkley, Minnesota at the damn casino. This was fun. Joshua Greer, the guy with the corner man is always telling us is going to be the goods was in a real fight. Don't blink. Joshua Greer, nine night time, Mr. ESPN was in a real fight. That was some exciting ass theater. Do you remember who he fought? Cause I don't, but that was fun, Rafe. I should because he was, uh, he was, you know, mga kababayan ko, at least, uh, mga pusong pinoy, I know. He, uh, 
Yeah, so what's this? Some some uh, Filipino fighter. Uh, I have a fight. Thailand guy. Uh, was a, a Thailand guy. Uh, yeah, I forgot um, the guy's name, but that guy. Scanner, I believe. As, uh, anyway, that guy, yeah, he fought, he was, he sort of had a, a turd sack light thing going on where he could take a hell of a lot of punishment, kept coming forward with those big overhand rights that he was having some success with. I, I took, uh, some exception to that end of the third round knockdown that, that Greer suffered. I thought that came clearly after the bell, that, that, that punch that put him down, but still, the other, that wasn't a fluke. That guy was in the fight with Greer and really made him work to, to, to win and eventually get that really pretty body punch finish. I mean, he got up off the canvas. He had to show us a lot. This was not a, it, in the end, this wasn't like a just showcase this guy in the co-main event. He's got a great personality at Bantamweight. Here's your next big thing. He had to fight his way. I think like this was almost a, it was so tough of a fight. It was almost a lateral step rather than a forward step, but in a good way, meaning he really had to kind of work out some kinks, take damage, come back, fight, ends up getting the late stoppage, brings out the pillow, night like we thought on a body shot finish. And suddenly I'm like, yeah, who else can this guy fight at 118 on the top rank uh, service that I actually have right now? I'll follow this guy to the plus. Another guy I really want to see. So that's my overall point, Rafe, on this top rank thing. They might have giant studs. There's a few turtos in there, if you will. But there's now suddenly a lot of names that I want to see that every time they fight, they're fun. You know, there, there's, there's the Isaac, there's a lot of Isaac Dogbase. There's more of them than there is the other side now. You know, that's one thing I, we sort of have to give credit to all the, the, the platforms and services that we have so far in, in the bifurcated, uh, balkanized, ver, you know, version of boxing where each platform is doing its own thing most of the time. They have figured out ways, and sometimes this is just dumb luck, right? You think you're, you're you're getting a squash match, and you get Charlo Korobov, and it turns out to be a good fight. Um, but they managed to make good TV fights even when they aren't super high level, you know, old school HBO championship boxing like top of the sport type matchups, and that's used, and that's been all across the across the board. Whether it's top rank and some of the Jose Ramirez and Alex Salcedo and, and Joshua Greer fights, whether it's the zone with the with Andrew Cancillo's crazy ups, the or the even other the other crazy the zone upset of the year with you know uh, Pablo Cesar Cano. Knocking out Linares in one round. <laughs> There's, there, these, it's all it, stuff that uh, has made us roll our eyes on the way in has had us jack it back on the way out. I mean, it, it was, uh, it's, it's gone, the, the experiment has gone pretty well. I wonder if the magic will continue eventually. You know, you, you can only tease the bag like that so many times before you start getting some fights that don't turn out as entertaining. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I'm just saying that, like, this isn't Friday Night Fights level. Like, there's this is quality. But for whatever it lacks in big names sometimes, this Top Rank series is producing really fun fights. Like, they're producing fights we want to see. Uh, you know a fight I want to see? Tell me if I'm crazier. I'm going to play Top Rank Matchmaker. Joshua Greer, 24. Just walked through heck against Giovanni Escanier. Escanor. Giovanni Escanor, some Thai, some Filipino guy. Uh, can he go to 22 and fight Dog Bay or am I just, am I sending him to, to parts he doesn't belong right now? I don't, so 
it that that performance seemed to expose a few flaws in Greer's game. Or one, basically, it was just way too easy for Escaner to hit him with that uh, with that overhand right. He was landing it. He almost couldn't miss with it at times. And props to Greer for having a chin. Not really ever. Even when he went down, it was like a flash knockdown. He jumped right back up and was saying, "No, it was late." You know, he was never appeared hurt. But it's a little worrisome to see a guy, especially a southpaw, uh, get 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 cracked so easily with those lead rights because there are guys in uh in and around 122 pounds that can throw a pretty mean uh lead lead right is i'm thinking particularly of a man named uh the monster naoya inoue that i would not want to put see him at at bantamweight against greer yet and obviously it was it, it did make me think greer has a little bit of work to do tightening up on some of True. those flaws True, true. We we had a little audio skip there, so apologize on my connection here with Rafe. As sometimes he, we we miss a, a scant word there, but uh, I mean we're always looking for that smooth taste on the broadcast. As they used to say, when selling Colt forty five, don't let the smooth taste fool you. Don't let any of the smooth production values of the show fool you. We are just two uh opinions that you can you know that you can take with a grain of salt. Hey, in that main event, local product Rob Brandt. Who owns one of the bunk versions of that WBA middleweight title? Scored an 11th round TKO over a previously unbeaten Kasan by Sangorov. Shout out to William Detloff, by the way, of Ring Theory for always, uh, bringing those type of pronunciations into the boxing lexicon. Um, is Brand a player? Because now he's saying he wants Canelo. And as much as that we all sort of agree with, uh, with, you know, Stephen A in that regard that we love us some Saul Canelo Alvarez, that fight can't happen commercially and uh rob brandt i don't know if you want that smoke well why not shoot what's the what's the point of of being in boxing other than to get a shot at the the biggest possible fight i mean even even if that would be a, a mismatch i believe it, a mismatch as they say um or probably pretty bad you think you would really favor canelo big time against brandt who, that's why you're in the game. That's why you get the belt. You to to go cash that damn thing in and 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 because you believe in yourself as an athlete, as a fighter, you feel like you have a at least a chance to go in there and pull something off. He's already pulled off a big upset against Ryota Murata. Now, fans, observers, it's very easy for us to sit outside and say, "Come on, give me a break." We, we, we actually going to compare Murata and Canelo here? No, we aren't. But Rob Brandt, I could understand why he might. He's thinking, I can go do this again. Or if not, I might as well get paid up the ass or, you know, B-Hop style wow. to, 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 to make that money, player. Wow. You know, I thought Triple G was getting in that ass. Wow. Um, hey, Rob Brandt seems like a good dude. Seems like an honest fighter. Had the homecoming opportunity here. Upset Murata, like you mentioned. Folks. That's the kind of guy you want marrying your daughter. I'm kind of with Dwyer on that. I mean, I might box up my living room into um, many, many, uh, what do you call those things? Those uh, kind of Dwyer's got a lot of shipping like, containers, yeah, but like, like buy-in boxes. What are you talking the about? The background of Dwyer's video is very tote heavy. Oh, right? yes. You mean his crates. He's his got, crates, he's always yes. got some, some crates, uh, some interesting Christmas decorations, yeah, occasionally the, a big scary doll. Yeah. These are services we're going to have to look into one day when we do talk to the, to the man himself. But, uh, you know, Rob Brandt's fine. Did they mention on the ESPN broadcast that Jeff Hahn 
was considering a full-time middleweight move and wanted a piece of Brandt. Did you hear that or did I make that up? I, I, I did hear that. I don't, I don't know if I heard it on the broadcast, but I did see it in the interwebs afterwards. Jeff Horn. Who is Jeff Horn, Brian? Jeff Horn. Who's Jeff Horn? Nobody. Wow. Wow. Um, but he is willing to fight anybody for a payday. Uh, I'm surprised he's moved on from calling out. I mean, he, the, I, the Jeff Horn callouts are so confusing. He called out Manny at 147, Rob Brand at 160, Kostyzu's son Tim. Yes. I don't even know what what weight he fights at. He probably wouldn't mind fighting Mundine again. Mundine wants the wants the rematch. To, no, who did to, Mundine to, call out? Didn't uh, didn't our boy Alex McClintock send us a, a link? Who did Mundine call out? He did call out someone else, uh, very old and shape shifting. It wasn't Wash Wash Giel. It wasn't uh, Jared Fletcher. Who else is an is an Aussie boxer? Who are we forgetting here? Yeah, and get it up. Yeah, I don't know. All right, all right. Well, we. Do, what do you think about the idea of Jeff Horn full time at middleweight? We know he sent that shapeshifter to hell, but what I think, think it's crazy, man. What do you? We look. He's he's maybe he's too big for a for for a welterweight, but. Going up to 160, he's not that tall. He's not, he's not, I don't even think he'll look, he'll probably, no, that's a bad idea. If he wants to test 154 and and have some real fights there, cool, go for it. But 160, unless, unless he's, unless Golovkin wants that pie, I wouldn't, I don't, unless there's some huge payday available to him, why? Why? Can't you see uh, Canelo one day? Sending Horn to hell on the zone in, in, in Aussie land. That, like, you know that would happen. We did, by the way, get, uh, Joe Horn, Jeff's wife, opinion on a potential move to middleweight. <laughs> yeah, right, Jeffrey. Like, I don't think so. But anyway, it's good to dream, you know. Yeah, so there's that. Uh, you know, always good to have a supportive, uh, woman behind every man, Rafe. Um, yeah, you know? I mean, you know? Oh, it's a Volkswagen against a Ferrari. Yeah, and the yeah, guy. Yeah. Do you believe in flying kangaroos, Rafe? That woman judge had it even. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Rob Brandt, thank you very much. Uh, also this weekend, Rafe, uh, Los Angeles, Microsoft Theater, we saw some pay bay say action. Leo Santa Cruz comes back, not the opponent we wanted, not even the original opponent that we didn't want in Miguel Flores, but shout out to Rafael Rivera. For, for looking to bang out there, you know, well, you know, we, we gotta bang him. We're not banging him enough. And he came out there looking to bang. In the end, unanimous, well-deserved, wide decision for Leo Santa Cruz. I thought his defense was on point. But Rafael Rivera's modus operandi was to throw right-hand bombs. He did land a few. He was game. He never got stopped. We learned nothing from this fight though, Rafe. Where are we going next? I, yeah, I, I do want to give some credit to Rafael Rivera because Dan Raphael reported the purses for the event, and poor Rafael Rivera was only reported as receiving $20,000 for that opportunity. Uh, he definitely earned that money plus some. Uh, there is some speculation he could be getting some money on the back end from Mexican television. So I hope he did. He deserves more than that. He fought spiritedly, but yeah, who, who – it was a, it's an against who night. It was a planned against who night for Leo. He got a different against who and it was like other Leo Santa Cruz fights against guys he shouldn't be fighting. He looks better than them, and we don't learn anything. Like you said, I I can't get excited over this. He Now, to his credit, Leo is calling out Gary Russell. He's saying he wants Russell next. He said, Tank Davis, come up and see me. You want you want show? Come see me. Tell your friends. Say hi. Tell your parents. But 
Is Mox. it gonna happen? Show Mox. me something. Show me. <laughs> I have three belts. Come here, Mox. Uh, yeah. If we get Gary Russell versus Leo on Showtime this year, all will be well. Okay, I love the idea of a Frampton trilogy. I don't love it though with Frampton fresh off the Warrington loss. I don't know. I'd like to see that built up a little better, potentially. Not really sure. Obviously, the point of this fight was to take Leo and throw him at the Fox viewers. And that's sort of what we got. We got the co-main event. Boy, was it extra sloppy. A lot of people thought this should have been and could have been the main event. I was one of those people coming in. But Rafe, um, yeah, man, this thing was... uh was it too sloppy in the wrong way? John Molina Jr., Omar Figueroa Jr., welterweights. Figueroa takes a surprisingly wide decision in the end. And it was like what we thought, but maybe the gross side of what we thought. Yeah, that, that it happens sometimes with these guys who are extra sloppy. You think you're you think it's going to create magic, some sort of war, but instead they just uh, it, it was I don't know, it was they they were uh, Omar Figueroa is an active guy. He fight he throws a lot of punches. Molina was winging that big right hand, but what I, it, they both felt a little bit flat on the night. There was not uh, yeah, did flat. not have those it did not have those momentum swings. Uh and it, it's not that crazy to imagine this because Molina has been through a lot of tough fights. Figueroa doesn't take any kind of care of himself. This fight was supposed to be at 140 pounds and they had to make it 146 to accommodate Figueroa. Figueroa did not look in any kind of good shape. He still, to his credit, he, he still throws, still fights 12 rounds pretty hard, but it was just ugly. It was, it didn't look like, it didn't look like high class boxing and not that, not, not that we need that in every situation. I'm not uh, one of these purists with my nose up in the air, but it just, it just felt uninspired. Yeah. yeah. I made an extra sloppy for <laughs> Lady, you're scaring us. Uh, yeah, so the problem here is that Omar Figueroa Jr.'s, I, I mean, he's not washed, but at 29, he's still got an unbeaten record and he doesn't have performances that sort of support an unbeaten record. And even though he outlanded ultimately John Molina on this night, 241 to 159, according to CompuBox. I thought Molina landed the harder shots. I'm not sure I was ready to score it for Molina. I saw that another Rafael, there was Rafael Rivera on Saturday. There was Rafael Bartholomew. We also, Dan Rafael scored it, uh, for Molina. I, I think maybe at best Molina deserves a draw or a 15-13 loss, but he was certainly in this fight. So that, those wide scores were tough to see. But what's tough to see in a weird way, Rafe, is that if you look at Omar Figueroa without knowing better, 29, exciting style, 28, 0 and 1, what's he gonna be now? Served up as like a B-side dispense or porter? Like, he's not on that level. He does not have welterweight power. He's really sloppy. He's almost a stop and chop Diet Coke version of Juan Baby Bull Diaz, a guy who doesn't have the power but just comes at you with activity, but it's almost like I'm not sure he's committed. This fight had to be renegotiated, right? The weight had to be raised up. We know he's had some issues outside of the ring. I just don't see a... I see more Brandon Rios, potentially, than I see a guy who's, like, dialed in that's a welterweight contender. Like, please don't tell me this guy's going to fight for a title against one of these big names, Rafe. Oh, you, you bring up Brandon Rios. I think of Rios as a much more serious and accomplished fighter than... Omar Figueroa has been. I mean, Rios has not been great at welterweight. Doesn't look, it doesn't look like his natural weight as a fighter, right? All these things he's not, he, he, but man, the guy has been in with some elite guys and 
usually gets outclassed in those situations, but he also beats most guys underneath that level and makes fun fights and fights with a lot of craft in that crazy face first style of his. Um, Figueroa doesn't do that. He just gets decisions against old guys who are not on their best nights and doesn't even look good doing it. Ricky Burns, uh, Molina, no, yeah, Jerry Belmontes. Robert I mean, Guerrero. This goes back a long way. Jesus. Oh my God, Brian. So look, if, if, if what we need to, to, to get Omar Figueroa out of the paint is for Errol Spence or someone else to just send him to hell. No. Then fine. No. Get him out the paint. I don't care how it has to be done. Get him I, out I the want, paint. I want we, this ride to end. Box him out? Not, not in our house? We don't get him I out. I mean, hang a L on him. Get, send some, put him, fine, give him a shot. Let someone eat up that O because he doesn't really deserve it that much and he hasn't fought people to be on this level. And he doesn't even seem to take the sport all that seriously. It's hard to, to really get behind this guy as a fan or as uh, a, a, an observer of the sport, he it, it ain't. I so so if if somebody if you built him up and he's got an O that's that's of value to some somebody you need. Shoot, Danny Garcia needs a win if he wants another one. You better not let Keith Thurman get a, 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 another pie for his comeback year on this. But so, I don't get it. Yeah. I, it's frustrating, yeah. Brian. It is. I don't see how this guy is at Walter Weight. I don't, I don't see how he's going to, uh, you know, I mean, it is all about the lube, as Keith said, but I don't know. I'm not feeling it, Rafe. Um, hey, your boy, uh, seven foot three, uh, junior middleweight, Sebastian Fundora. By the way, I, I saw, uh, Sebastian Lukowicz, shout out to the, uh, manager, promoter, all around boxing good guy, plenty of chains around his neck. Talk about Samson Lukowicz. Yeah, what did I say? Sebastian? Oh, Sebastian, Samson yeah. Lukowicz. And I went right up. Where did I see this guy? Where was I lately? Was he selling electronics? No, no. Outside, in a barbershop, outside of a duffel bag? No. Uh, I went up to him and I said, I want to talk to Samson! And he had no idea what I was talking about and he shook my hand and smiled. But it was a great, it was a great moment. It was, you know, fly me to the moon like that bitch Alice Crampton. You know why, Rafe? Why is that, Because it's hard being black and gifted. Right? You, sometimes I, I, I just want to say about that. Are you not with me? Are you with me? Are, I mean, right. if you're not with me, you would tell me, right? Are you, are you, uh, listen, listen, are you, uh, are you, are you with me? Are you, you're with me or not? Look at me. Look at me. Are you with me? All right. Yeah. Now, let me pour some water on your ball. Hey, you Sebastian Fondora. Fondora. Although I think <laughs> Lennox Lewis called him Fondue a few times on the air. Uh, a knockout on an undercard. He's not for real though, right? I, I don't, it's hard to, it's very hard to imagine that anyone built like that could be for real at the higher levels of the sport. But so far, he puts the fun in Fundora, Brian. <laughs> he, this guy, what, what I like about him is he doesn't really come into the ring looking to use all that height and length. He, he walks down opponents and bends over and throws hooks and is active and kind of swarms them and gets them out of there. Um, now it's very hard to not envision him someday running, you know, having to step up in class and just getting brutally folded by a body punch from from a better, a higher level opponent yes. who basically yes. will punch a hole straight through <laughs> that very very slim torso. <laughs> uh, but hey, he's winning fights. He may earn that opportunity, whether or not it ends up being the best thing for his internal organs. We want to set up his uh, his. 
his appointment in hell. Can we bring back James Kirkland? Do this at 154? It took oh. a piece. Yeah, I mean, took a piece of his soul. He took his nuts. Now you gotta take his heart. Yeah, take his whole soul. Take his whole soul. Take his house out away, Rafe. Take it. Uh, Hey, uh, you know, I'm here for Sebastian Fundora. I'm here for any freak, any, any sort of, yeah, the, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, all right. Hey, uh, speaking of Fox, speaking of boxing, Spence Garcia Saturday did a live, uh, press conference for their pay-per-view fight March 16th on Big Fox in the afternoon. Rafe, we're, uh, we're not here to pump the bag of Big Fox, although I, I do cash a few checks from them from now and then, but, um, from the idea of, taking fights and putting them on the mainstream? I mean, did this feel big? Are, are you down with this idea? Live on Fox, Saturday afternoon, a press conference on TV? There's something unprecedented about that in this in this era, at least, right? Yeah, that's great. And and the uh, you know what I really liked? I, just, just the commercial they made for the fight was really slick. It looked good. It had narratives in it. It just – it had good highlights. It, it, it looked – a lot better than some of the hokey commercials we've seen for recent really big fights. I mean, if you think of some of the ones with some of the ones that that Golden Boy and HBO put together for Canelo fights with him and Canelo and 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 Chavez running toward a wall, <laughs> which is just so hammy and bad. Every all the graphics looked fake, and the, the newsboy hats with Triple G. It's been some weird concepts that didn't quite translate. This was just classic. And, and I don't know, it looked, the, the presentation of that and this whole press conference was slick and it was out there for a wide audience. I don't know, I don't really care if, if it got a huge rating. It probably didn't. I mean, Saturday afternoons, uh, press conferences are not normally, you know, must see entertainment, but who cares? Whoever saw it, that's good for the fight, good for the sport. Thank you for investing in it. Whoever's footing the bill for it, yo, I just got, thank you. So I'm starting to get really all in on this fight. Where originally I loved the dare to be great Mikey element. I love the potential like chess match, you know, real technical, amazing fight this could be. Now I'm crossing over, Rafe. I'm feeling old school vibes in this fight. You know what I mean? It's unbeaten versus unbeaten. There's a guy sort of doing, wanting to do a Shane Mosley type move and Garcia move up two weight classes, go to against the best guy. There's sort of, I don't know, I feel like throwback vibes. Like, these guys aren't going to come in there and potentially just jab from the outside. Like, they're going to go for it. So the fact that you got two top five pound-for-pound guys, okay, maybe some people think, that, you know, one or both of them are ranked sixth, seventh, and eighth. The point is you got two unbeaten guys right in their absolute prime. I think you can build this as the winner has a chance to call himself the pound-for-pound king. Now, is that true? It's up to the, it's the eye of the beholder. You got Loma and you got Terrence Crawford at the top. It's going to be hard to, to bump those guys. But obviously if Mikey Garcia comes out and beats Spence, he's in that conversation. And Spence is going to make a big leap if he wins this. I'm just telling you that the experience I had on Saturday, which was filming the upcoming PBC face to face, you know, debate interview show that you'll be seeing in the next few weeks. We did that in the morning before this press conference. Things got a little testy, you know, not trash talk, not too intense, but Mikey dropped a couple F-bombs. Things got a little intense, and I'm telling you this, and it's the same statement I made before Fury Wilder. I said, both of these guys really, 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 really want this fight in a way that feels a little bit different than normal. Like, it's not a money grab. Like, Mikey's doing a dare-to-be-great thing here. They're both getting their first chance at pay-per-view. Spence thinks with a win, he becomes the biggest star in the sport, whether or not you agree with that. I'm just saying, I'm feeling sparks of lightning there that this fight is going to exceed expectations from an entertainment standpoint. And this is what we want. We want Leonard, you know, 
Leonard Hearns won type fights where the two best are like, he thinks he's the best. I want to be known as the best. I'm fighting you no matter what. I'm not building this for three years on pay-per-view. We're doing this right now, Rafe. I'm getting those feels. Tell me if I'm a Fox shell or not. Tell me right now. Tell me to my face, Rafe. I would – this may blow up in your face, Brian, because that happens sometimes. But, no, I'm, I've been with you since the beginning on this. I like this fight. I don't – I think it is very risky for Mikey Garcia. I don't think – I, 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 I'm not going to – I don't think I'm going to pick him in this fight. But when – why would I not – why would any of us not want to see two of the very best fighters in the sport – Go at it. Why? Even even if there's a size discrepancy, even if one guy is coming up, even if the fight we all think that really is going to make the careers of uh, of Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford is when they fight each other. So maybe it's not number one the fight we want, but yo, it is not far behind that. And and if you look at what's happening at heavyweight, what's happening in some of the other divisions in the sport. Shoot, why would we not be excited about two of the very best boxers walking the earth right now, still in their primes, testing each other like that? It is something, and, and Mikey, yeah, I think, I think his size disadvantage will catch up to him because Errol Spence is so strong at, at 147, but it's not like Mikey is, can't handle himself in a ring, not like, he he isn't he hasn't outboxed everyone he's ever seen inside a ring. So he has the skill to make this into an interesting fight, something like that will really show us some things about Errol Spence that we haven't seen before. It's it's I'm pumped for this, dude. And and I want to ask you, you saw them up close. You 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 know, you you were close enough to touch it, to taste it, to smell it. Yeah. Yeah. Is this is the how how serious is the size fit? Did you see anything that that made you feel like Mikey maybe he was filling out well at 147 that he wasn't going to be sort of dwarfed in the ring by Errol Spence? Yeah, the size did not seem to be a factor when I saw the two of them standing next to me, standing next to each other. Obviously, Spence is bigger, is taller, but it's pretty close and Dude, Mikey really wants this. He is so dialed in and intense. He showed up in uh black pants, black shirt, and this long black trench coat. All he needed was the cowboy hat. He looked like Doc Holliday. Like, he's ready. One thing well, – hold on. You said there's a size difference. One part of him, he may have the size advantage. Got to give Mikey the ball sack of the year award. I mean, seriously, you got to give him that. But but uh one thing he harped on in my interview with him on the show in our in our talk was – you know, our talk off camera was, look, I, I didn't really, he says he didn't enjoy the first half of his career, the, the, the top rank run. The winning just came easy. He, it didn't feel special. It felt expected. And he says he didn't ultimately try his best. That's why you saw these boring performances. Think like the Rocky Juan Martinez, Carlos Burgos, Juan Carlos Juan Carlos like the sh- boring, yeah. no chances taken. And then he delivers the boom late and you're like, if he only delivered that boom in round three, this guy could be a star and could be fighting Pacquiao right now, right? Because that's what Bob had originally planned. Now he's saying he loves the sport for the first time, Rafe. It's not about money. And he says no one's ever gotten the best out of him in the ring. And he looks at Spence as the only guy right now possible that could pull that out of him. So what I'm saying is he has like 1980s level hunger right now to just find somebody that can make him be the best he can be. And he said, I'll do whatever it takes to win. And I know it's fight talk. We've all been seduced. 
Never forget 24-7 when for an hour, one hour after episode one, I was convinced Ricky Hatton was going to upset Floyd. For one hour, I was like, oh my god, this is really going to happen. And then I sort of woke up and poured some water on my balls. And by the way, what is Ricky Hatton doing on social media with these? Uh, no, no, was, not at all. Can you fill me in? Was that a joke? Was I don't that even, like a, was, was, Or was that like a leak? Because if that was a I leak. I don't know. I mean, Ricky oh Hatton has a long history of having what? Videos of him. Bring out the gimp, man. Woo! Videos of him doing white lightning leaked. We've seen him before on 24-7 show is Arsalot. I don't want anything to do with that. Anyway, Ray, uh, Fox is filming a four-part series, 24-7 style, called Fight Camp. Four episodes that will air on Fox. I did a, a sit-down. I will be part of that service. So get ready. Enjoy this fight. We're going to see it. Hopefully we'll love it. And one more shout-out to Fox here. Very Fox-heavy show right now. They teamed up. Marco Antonio Barrero and Eric Morales on their Fox Deportes coverage. Uh, and they're on the same broadcast, and it's fantastic. And in L.A., on Pico, side of the Fox Studios, they got this giant billboard, Barrero and Morales in tuxes, and it says this time they're fighting with their words. I'm popping for this, Rafe. I am. I mean, do, do, I'm, I'm popping big time for this, Rafe. Do I love it? Of course I love it. I mean, this is, this like. I yes. know you love it. I, I know you effing love it. Do you love it? I know you love it. Can I find my soundboard? No, never, Rafe. This is awful. All right. Yeah. That's it, Rafe. I don't have the drop. I thought I had the drop. I don't have the drop. But I love it. I love this crap. Um, moving forward. Let's get into some latest news, uh, rapid fire style. Um, we made a couple cracks. We're not going to really joke on what's really going on with Ryan Garcia. I don't know, Rafe. In some ways, I don't really want to know. We make jokes that he's impregnating half of uh, uh, California. I don't want to get into that. What I do want to get into is Floyd Mayweather. Um, kind of calling Rye guy out and saying, you want to fight Tank Davis? Um, he going to F you up is basically what he said. And it went on from there. Floyd saying, man, Ryan Garcia, actually, you know what I'm going to do? Ryan Garcia says he wants to fight Tank. Well, I'm putting the money up right now. If Ryan Garcia can beat Raleigh, who's Raleigh, Rafe? I believe it's uh, Rolando Romero who appears frequently in the Mayweather Boxing Club videos that Jeff Mayweather hosts All right, he says on uh, If Ryan can beat Raleigh, I'll give him $200,000 cash. He going to fight one of my other fighters who have less fights than he has. He going to fight Raleigh. Except the bout with Raleigh, I'll give him 200 k if he beat Raleigh. Now, once he lose to Raleigh, I don't ever want to hear him say tanks name again uh this is the old mayweather move remember he was like you got to beat jesse uh jesse vargas first before you can fight me but um yeah what do you think about this you, you care at all it's fun i don't i don't think any of it's realistic i don't think it's gonna happen i think it's just too like it's guys with big social media presences and big egos sort of using each other to to get their names out there more right I, and if they if it even became realistic i mean, look Ryan Garcia is not even that close to challenge. He's not. We wouldn't even call him a contender at at lightweight right now. He's a he's a rising prospect, right? He's not he's not that close to fighting for uh, an eliminator or a, or or a title yet. So fighting, getting getting Tank Davis across different uh, across the different platforms and, and with Davis uh, Davis moving up to 135, we do assume will happen pretty soon. But still, it just ain't. It, it, this is just this is just hype, and that's fine. It's good hype. These guys make fun. Floyd Floyd is kind of good with that kind of s talking, and Ryan Garcia is hilarious because everything he does, he just you just kind of have to laugh at. Floyd telling TMZ this stuff, so uh, yeah. But oh, it's got to be real then. Shoot, is TMZ real. got this? Damn. Right, we got to roll through. We mentioned Usyk Povetkin, Eddie Hearn wanting to make that fight maybe May 18th in Chicago. Rafe, yes. 
amazing I mean, this is not a pie. Talk about a tough-ass heavyweight debut for Usyk. Exactly the type of guy we want to see him against. Sign me up. I'll be into zone that night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is – if if Usyk comes out and does the business, puts a number on Alexander Povetkin, that's a serious statement at heavyweight. That is not, oh, yeah, we're going to start off with the 20 guys that Jarrell Miller has spent his entire career facing. We're not going to start off with Gerald Washington or one or, or Chris Ariola or Washed Adamek. No, we're going straight into a real fight. That's that th- these Ukrainians, those gold medalist guys, Way they votes. do not play around. They want the glory and they go for it. I am more man. I have bigger huevos. Um, yeah, I am feel. I am very feel. Double kebab. Um, wow, Rafe. Like, like. Double kebab. Yes, like wow, wow. Fired up for that. Uh, hey, we will see. You mentioned I forgot the date. June what? Big Baby will get the Anthony Joshua. Be the, June 1st. June 1st. It'll Madison be the, Square Garden. AJ, U.S. debut at MSG. Look, you do it at MSG. I suddenly don't hate it. It's a great zone fight. It's an interesting test. Uh, five, ten seconds or less. Big Baby have a chance at this? I mean, is this, is I'm this? interested in the kickboxer aspect of it because the guy might have one of those crazy kickboxer chins. And if that's true and he can survive getting punched in the face a lot by Anthony Joshua, he got a chance to pull something off. It will not be at uh, Wembley, the birthplace of Ije. It will be at MSJ. That's what I'm talking about. Our backyard, Rafe. Our collective backyard. Madison Square Joshua. Uh, exactly. Our collective backyard, Rafe. I would be all friggin' in on that. Give him the raw dog, Floyd. Thank you. All right, it's weekend preview time, Rafe, and you know that means it's do you care time. All right? Do you? I don't know, man. I haven't I haven't peeked too too far ahead in the schedule. I, I I'm 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 worried though. All right, Friday night, Telemundo from Kissimmee, Florida, Yomar Alamo versus Manuel Mendez, welterweights. Get get out of here. All right, all right, all right. Uh, no, you definitely don't care about those. Uh, yeah, you don't care about that either. Wow, this is getting bad. Saturday night. Let me ask you this, okay? Minneapolis, FS1. Vacant WBC super middleweight title. Anthony Durrell versus Mr. Robot Avni Yildirim. 12 rounds. Do you care? I care a little. I, I, I not be a fan of Avni Yildirim after his manager's outburst in the lead up to the Chris Eubank fight, even though Yildirim got sent to hell quick by that uppercut. Uh, that, that was quite a lead up. He's a hot blooded, powerful man who, if you get on his wrong side, I will F your wife! <laughs> I met that dude in person. So, uh, here's, here's the full disclosure. Last Tuesday in LA, we filmed the Durrell Yildirim PBC face to face. It was turned around in record time. It debuted last night on FS1. Hey, check it out on the Fox Sports Go app. Somebody will probably post it to YouTube. Very funny episode. I'll say this about Yildirim. I don't know of his chances in this fight. I mean, he only beat 45-year-old Glenn Johnson. He doesn't have a ton of great wins, but he's a funny dude behind the scenes. His manager is just as crazy as you'd expect in person, and the guy does come to bang. He's got uh, a new trainer, and uh, one of those dudes from Kronk uh, was one of the uh, uh, seconds for Lennox Lewis. No, it's um Shadow is his, is his nickname. Oh, okay. Uh, good dude, had a Kronk jacket on. 
says he knows a lot about Darrell, who's who's trained by 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 Sugar Hill Stewart. Uh, so, that is a that is a, uh, a, a you know a Michigan product. But this was a fun episode of Face to Face. I can't see Avni Yildirim doing this, but he's a monster celebrity in Turkey. There's a lot on the line for him in this. Uh, he's a fun foreign foreign villain, at least. You know, if he gets sent to hell a second time, this should be a fun fight. I got Darrell winning it though. Yeah, I think you're well. I'm, I've never been a big Darrell guy. I don't think he has the power that that uh, Eubank has and, and was able to get Yildirim out of there with. But Yildirim will be there to to be hit. Um, I'm hoping for a good fight. Yildirim at least is going to come forward and bang and and be just a wild man in there. And I think we'll see in the first couple of rounds if it's an easy night for Darrell to outbox him or not. But Avni Yildirim does have big ones, Rafe. He does not care. He's going to come in there to bang and find out if he has a chance to win that. Co-main event, welterweights, Jamal James versus Yanner Gonzalez. Ten rounds. Do you care? Oh, I care about Jamal James because I saw him end Diego Chavez in Lancaster, California once upon a time. But uh, other than that, I care about this as much as a one finger-pang fan. Wow. Uh, deep on that undercard, Bryant Perella versus Brightus Prescott. Eight rounds welterweights. Do you care? Ooh, no, I can't do it anymore with, with Prescott. It's, it's, it's too late. It's too far gone. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that one. Uh, Saturday, Leicester, England on the plus ESPN plus. It's uh, up and coming, unbeaten light heavyweight. Anthony Yard, one of the best British prospects against Travis Reeves. Ten rounds. Do you care? I'm going to wait until I have to care a little bit more about Anthony Yard. Who's Travis Reeves, Brian? Uh, I mean, who, exactly. Nobody. All right, here's a fight we care about. Saturday, shout out to Showtime for acquiring the rights to this and sending the full crew out there. We're going to see a cracker, Rafe, a banger at 168. James DeGale versus Chris Eubank Jr. Give it to me, Rafe. This one's going to bang, brother. See you later. Left, right, good night. Tell, tell me you care. Come on. Come on. Have you come around? Because you were trying to crap on this last week. Tell me you care. I, I care. It, it's got good narratives. It has – it's a real crossroads fight. Eubank has looked like he just is not a he, – he falls short on the world level. DeGale has looked like trash in some of his fights in both the, the loss and the win to Caleb Truax. He looks like he's not the same guy after his war, that amazing draw, which he probably lost to Badu Jack. So one of these, one of these guys is going to be hearing not, maybe not the lullaby song, but he's going to be hearing Prince Nassim after this fight saying, I think, I mean, and Chris Eubank, he gave birth to the Chris, to to the Prince Nassim. (laughs) I think he should finish. So you don't want to hear that twice. Do you think Uh, it goes nine rounds though? That fight went nine rounds. Nine rounds. Nine rounds. Number nine. Number nine. I, Number nine. <laughs> I mean, have either of these guys been stopped? Is there a, a why? Why wouldn't why wouldn't it go? Because uh, they bang you know, nine rounds. Why wouldn't it go the distance? Because they bang, Rafe. They do. They do stuff like that. Because Rafe, that's how a man acts when he gets in the ring. He looks to finish it. Folks, that's not the way men do it. No, no, really, really, Dwyer. They, you got to go in there. You got to look to bang. You got to look to finish. All right. These guys do that. Both need this win. Both have brands that aren't necessarily going in the right direction. Yes, the Gale repaired that Caleb Truex situation, but he looks a little washy right now. Probably the winner going to fight Billy Joe Saunders. Probably, right? I mean, that's sort of how this thing works. 
It's going to be right, 168. It could make sense. Um, I, what? So, so what do you think? I, I, I'll tell you. I think I am more of a believer in. And look, this is the same trap a lot of us fell into. I almost fell into, and then changed my mind at the last minute when Eubank fought Groves. That Eubank. We know he, we've seen some of the flaws in his game, the, that, that he doesn't always follow a game plan if he does have a game plan, that he has a lot of athleticism and ability, but doesn't seem to put those to, into winning strategies and fights against top level opposition. But to me, he's just younger, fresher, stronger, and DeGale is a guy who looks like he's right there on the edge waiting for someone to come Push him off. And I think that's going to happen. I think, I think, I think this is it. I think, I, I, I think Eubank's going to get this win either by being, probably by being more active. DeGale is crafty enough. I don't see him getting stopped, but I just don't think he brings enough anymore. And he's been flat on too many recent occasions for me to, to, to pick him in this fight. I, I think it's going to be Eubank by decision. Well, don't forget two things. One, Dwyer has told us many times. That DeGale is the most misunderstood boxer of this era, whatever that means. But two, um, I, I believe in that Chris Eubank, it's not time to finish. That he does have one more run in him. He's got to channel a little bit of his dad's greatness to, to sort of pull it out of him. I want to enjoy the magic of the instrument, which is my body. Risk. <laughs> and I think he's going to bang using the instrument that is his body. And you're right, younger, fresher. He can still do big business. Seriously, Chris Eubank Jr. could still be a, a marketable player in big fights player as Dwyer would say and uh I like him to not only win this I like him to go for it and stop DeGale late Rafe wow. how do you stop DeGale you think you think you have to stop him with body shots I mean we've only really seen him hurt in that Badu Jack fight I think you got to get where... and make it a brawl make it a fight make it a war Rafe make him question at this age if he still wants to be in these type of fights he did against Badu Jack does he want to do that again yeah, I, I do question that. I think we all have to. And if this plays out like we're saying, cue up Prince Nassim. It might sound horrible. Wow. I wow. think it should finish. You know, some people would not, would, would be very upset seeing James DeGale off of their TV just for the chance to see his sister, right? Shout out to I, I don't, I don't, I don't look for things like that when I watch a fight. I'm, I, I turn the, I turn the sound off. I put my noise canceling headphones on. And I score all the G-jabs I can because I take this sport seriously. All right, we got to run out of here. Co-main event, Joe Joyce, Bermain Stavern. We've talked about this for Joyce's Commonwealth Heavyweight title. I like this kind of crossroads fight. I do not believe anything Bermain Stavern has said in the lead-up. I'm very interested to see how much he weighs in this. This is a setup for Joe Joyce to get a big bang. I don't think Joe Joyce has looked like the killer prospect that he's, that he's you know, sort of set up to be. But this is a fun chance for him. I like him to win. I don't know if he can stop Stavern, though. You? I, I think that, I think that Joyce can stop Stavern. Just to, he, he seems to have real power. That is the one thing that, like, those hands are heavy because he's not even throwing punches that look, Joyce doesn't even look like he has leverage on his punches, but he's just kind of wailing, sort of slowly bringing his arm, moving his arms toward his opponents and then they get hit and it, it's like they got sh- like shot or something. You mean like Alvarado in that sparring video ahead of the third Rio? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sort of like that. He's just giant, giant slabs of meat come pounding you all day and he's, and the guy for so, 6'6", a lot of weight, he, he fights 
very active. He's he's on top of guys, and I don't think Stavern, you know, Stavern is someone who likes to pick his shots, who do, who likes to sort of sit there and watch a guy and then unload a big lead to to to, to you know to to score that way. I don't think he wants the Joe Joyce the way he's going to be in that ass, so to speak, yeah. in this fight. Stavern has looked at a lot of guys. Stavern catches him clean, right? Stavern could just go pop. You don't belong here, son. But I don't think it's gonna. I I don't think. This is that moment of reckoning for Joe Joyce quite yet. You're right. Stavern has stopped and looked at many guys. I've looked at a lot of guys. And not thrown punches back in return. So that'll be interesting. Uh, Lee Selby, Omar Douglas of, as well, lightweights, 12 rounds. Uh, still time for Selby. He was a, he was a player, of course, at, at 126. Now he's up at 35 though. I don't, I mean, there's, I mean, I, maybe this is a one-off there. You think this guy should settle at 130 though, right? In the theory? Well, we'll have to see. There, there, he, there were always stories about the trouble he had making featherweight. Uh, that was part of the narrative of his loss. Uh, you know, it's not an excuse or whatever, but his loss to Josh Warrington. By the way, losing to Josh Warrington all of a sudden doesn't seem like something to be that ashamed of, as we saw Warrington get that a really great win over Carl Frampton late last year. So, yeah, let's let's see what let's see how Selby looks at lightweight. I, he never looked great at featherweight, uh, so so maybe he'll have a little more power on his shots if if he doesn't have to shrink suck down too much to make weight. He had that one good win uh, at featherweight on on early ESPN PBC. I forgot who he beat. He looked good, kept the guy at bay. Yeah, that's a great memory there. Um, hey, do you care about Saturday night from Tijuana in the zone? Extra sloppy. Alert. Oh yes, I know what's coming, baby. Brandon Bam Bam Rios is going to bang against the veteran Humberto Soto, junior middleweights, Rafe, open weight, basically. This is going to be sloppy. It's going to be sloppy. This is exactly. I'm glad there. This that that. If Brandon Rios, as he continues his career for as long as it lasts from here on out, I'm glad that this is how they are doing it. They're making these fun, winnable fights for him where he's not so far getting asked to fight someone way above his level and get basically sacrificed as a name. They're making really fun TV platform streaming fights is soto is still crafty i've seen him we see him pop up every other year even though he's like 60 years old always gives a hell of a fight to whoever he he's against seemed like he deserved a win against that guy orozco a couple years ago when orozco blew weight at StubHub. i think that was on the undercard to uh uh, matisse and pastal but anyway so Soto can still bang. He's still crafty. It's going to be fun to watch these guys just go to town on each other. And 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 I think Rios is going to be it has enough to pull this one out as well. If he if Rios fights on his terms, he wins usually. You got to be able to make him flip cheeseburgers so to speak. Do something he's not used to. He doesn't like to do. And Soto doesn't have the legs, the the, the reflexes, the sharpness that he had back in the day to make Rios do that. I think Rios gets to him. Soto's 38. But since his, he's only thirty-eight. Yeah, and since his what, stoppage lost, like two hundred times. Since his stoppage lost to Matisse in two thousand twelve, he's actually ten and one, Rafe, which is insane. Only lost to Orozco in twenty fifteen, as you mentioned. Took that fun decision from John Molina Jr. in twenty fourteen on, I think it was the second Floyd Maidana undercard. Uh, beat Juan Carlos Abreu during that run. Bunch of bums after that. Uh, very interesting, Rafe. He's got sixty-eight wins, nine defeats. This one's gonna bang. Rio should win. But 
it gets going to get extra sloppy in there. So uh, I have no guarantee that he actually will. Uh, I'm trying to think of that fight Lee Selby actually looked good in when he was a player at 126. It's 32 now. Do you remember who it was? I got his box wreck up. I just have bad internet connection. It's taken Listen, me a long time. Player. You're like, Lee yeah, whatever. Sel- He's the Welsh Mayweather. He always looks good. The only person Montiel. who can see- Wash Montiel pushed him to the limit in 2015, but he got a nice unanimous decision. You're uh, saying he looked good. In a fight against Wash Montiel, and we should yeah. be impressed. No, he is coming off the the split decision loss to Josh Warrington last May, so that was at featherweight. So now it looks like Selby moving up two weight class. He's probably going to settle at one thirty. Nobody cares anymore. That's on this broadcast. All right, Rafe. To close here, uh, one minute. I just want to tell you that I am getting fired the heck up. The more I read, the more I prepare myself, the more I get just fired up. Damn, there's a lot of boxing on Saturday that I'm not even bringing up to you, Rafe. A lot. Your girl Edna Let's Kiss is back in Rhode Island off off TV against Shelly Vincent, eight rounds female featherweights in a main event. There's some a lot of other cards. Anyway, um, Canelo Jacobs is firing me the heck up. We already know what Jacobs believes. I stopped Canelo. I knocked Canelo out. But Dwyer is getting me fired up. Now that we can talk Dwyer again on this show, he loves this fight. And I think he loves him some Danny Jacobs in this. Danny has a stick. (laughs) Well, that's true, but how about this? Jacobs is a puncher, right? Boxer, puncher. Think Sugar Ray Robinson. Whoa! All right. Oh, somebody call up. Somebody call up the Harry Greb police. I, I think Dwyer needs to be arrested. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm pro boner for that. I'm pro boner. I mean, fire me the heck up, Dwyer. You know, I'll stop Canelo. That's going to be a fun fight. We need to, to just, you know, publicize that again. Shout out to the zone for making that. That's going to be a tough night at the office for Canelo, and I'm here for it, bro. I'm ready. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I really want to see Danny Jacobs. I hope, because we know Danny Jacobs can box. He can box and move. He has a back foot game, as Dwyer has told us. But you know what? I also want to see him push that fight and take it really, really dare to be great against Canelo, because you know this fight is going to be in Vegas. Danny, you got to know that you are going to have a hard time winning a decision there. So you better put some extra mustard on it. Get a knockdown. Get a 10-8 round. Get some kind of edge on those cards. I'm not saying it's going to be easy or even possible to knock Canelo out because we've seen how serious that chin is and through two fights against Triple G. But go go for it. Don't don't just fight a safe fight and that'll be close. Touch M's, and- brother. Touch M's. Go for it. Danny Jacobs, you're the boy. Like you put it on him. This is gonna be fun. Yeah, the, the judges will be against him. We know that lady who's still out there. The adolescent bird. All right, that's it, Rafe. That's it. If you had another point, you can't say it. That's it. We got to get out of here. The show is over. Uh, follow him at Rafe Books. Buy his books. Follow the show at State of Combat on Twitter. Rafe, any message for the people? My dogs are barking in the background. What do you got for me? We out.